This is Storage Unpacked. Subscribe at storageunpacked.com. This is Chris Evans with a Storage Unpack podcast at Flash Memory Summit, and I'm joined by Scott Baker, CMO at IBM. Scott. Yes, sir. It's um, really good to be with you again, Chris. I, uh, I joined IBM pretty recently, and you and I haven't had a chance to speak in a couple of uh, years, I think. Maybe You've done some broadcasting stuff. Some on, broadcasting, you know, yeah, absolutely. But the analyst community. It's actually really great to be with you again in person, and this time in a very quiet room and not surrounded by attack helicopters uh, running across the bay. I miss the helicopters. I think the, <laughs> that was a great time. We'll have to explain that to people another day, but... Um, you know, you and I recorded something, and that was San Diego, wasn't it? That it was. was. a while ago, um, and a very, very noisy situation. But now we've got a lovely IBM office. Uh, now, just very quickly, uh, are you CMO of everything now at IBM, or are you just CMO of the storage side of things? Because I thought Man. you'd had a bit of a change of job. I know, right? And, and if I was CMO of everything, I would be in the press a lot more and on private helicopters and jets and whatnot. But no, I'm actually running uh, the product marketing responsibilities and the marketing engagement opportunities with both, uh, or I should say with IBM Storage, with Power, with the Z Systems, and with our technology lifecycle services or technical support services, depending on how they're going to settle on the name. Oh, okay. So you do mainframe then? I do. I'm getting used to mainframe. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll come back and talk about that another day. But today we're going to talk about storage because we're at Flash Memory uh, Summit. Uh, You're doing some presentations where you're talking about the flash core modules that you've had for many years, but actually bringing on new features and augmenting them to do some really cool things. That's right. And we're just, that's essentially what we're going to have a chat about today. That's right. And, you know, it just for the audience that's listening, I just want to talk about this from the perspective of a vision that we're shooting for, not necessarily a set of features that we're delivering today. Because what we're talking about here is, in my opinion, it's, it's putting a little bit more responsibility on the flash core modules. Because, you know, keep in mind that, you know, your average storage array has to act as the final data custodian for the information the organizations work with. And the more responsibility that you can put on the storage array to act as a line of defense as you think about cyber attacks or threat mm-hmm. actors, um, I think is a responsibility of any storage vendor in the market today. And as we look at the flash core modules, one of the things that IBM really excels at is actually making use of the FPGA processor to offload a lot of the responsibility from the engine or the controller, if you will, on the storage array, uh, doing anything from compression to encryption, et cetera. So it stands to reason that if we've got additional processing power, then there's an opportunity for us to augment the way that we think about malware detection today. They're certainly signature-based, where you're relying on you know, some kind of understanding of a small sample of code and how the malware is constructed, but that suffers from a couple of problems, especially around zero-day attacks where you may not have signatures to evaluate. Or as you begin to think about metamorphic malware that tends to be variants or offshoots of what's known today. So it's just a little bit different. And we certainly have had threat-based or uh, data traffic-based threat detection as well when you're looking at it from the networking layer. Mm -hmm. But what we really want to talk about here is where we're looking at putting responsibility on the Flash Core module to do both data pattern analysis as well as data heuristic analysis. So really putting a lot more onus and responsibility on the controller uh, to handle the inferencing activity as the Flash Core modules are sending these patterns up saying, I think this might be a problem, but let's use machine learning and previous patterns and trends to figure out if this is something that I should take action on. Right. So let, let's just wind back a little bit. Um, flash core modules are the uh, the technology that developed from the acquisition of TMS. 
And we're not going to go into the detail of the technology in that sense because you know we've, we've got it elsewhere. We can talk about that and point people to that. But ultimately, that, that technology has developed really well and has been used to build devices, I think, that are the biggest capacity drives on the market, as far as I'm aware, currently today, Yeah, um, which people might be surprised by. Um, and, and it's hard to, to make that kind of a claim because all it takes is for someone to pull what often is referred to as a price is right. So if, if I say we have 38.3 terabyte drives and somebody comes out with a 39 terabyte, then they could say that they're yeah, the biggest, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but in general, if you look at the, the sort of the, the, the products that are sold and the, the components that are sold in there. But what made that really interesting is that these devices effectively can work like a computational storage type drive which has been talked about at Flash Memory Summit for a few years. Now, those drives, to me, seem a bit um, simplistic in some respects. You know, um, I've seen demonstrations where people say, look, we can identify cats in, in some images you've got on this drive. It's like, well, you know, or you can do transcoding. Now, I don't, I don't see that as a practical application for an enterprise to, to be looking at. And I'd like to see something a bit more. Um, useful, a bit more detailed, and a bit more um, advanced than that. And it sounds like what you've just described, literally just told us, is much more like that. This is about using yeah. some really intelligent um, work to, to actually look at the data in, in a lot more detail. That's right. And I would just share with the audience, too, that keep in mind the, the module itself, especially as you think about this from a block perspective, you know, is simply looking at the logical block addressing and the ones and zeros that are coming in. So there's only so much that we can do with the drive itself. Thus, the necessity for the drive to identify patterns and share that back with the controller who's looking at the broader scope of the, of the, the storage pools that have been provisioned out for the host. More importantly, that, that broader controller relationship that it has with other software layers, such as maybe QRadar, um, maybe ecosystem level security tools, or maybe even access to the network traffic tools that I'd mentioned before, because what's really going to make this work is the idea of correlation. So for example, Chris, if I have uh, maybe a network switch that's monitoring the network traffic and it detects signatures that have been identified previously as malware in nature, and we can take that information and notify the controller who then begins to take data pattern behaviors that are coming from the flash core module that go from normal reason writes to maybe compressed write activities, maybe even file deletions that are going on. Yeah. We can create what's uh, referred to often as a correlation window to indicate that this is highly suspect activity and that some kind of action needs to be taken. And this is always going to come back to the simple fact that I believe at IBM, we have the responsibility to not only make every bit of the organization's data available to them in the most insightful way possible, but also in the securest way possible so that they can take some kind of informed action on it. Yeah, and I think what you're saying there, you know, you look at the whole ransomware thing and the way that people attack, attack that, and there's, there was an initial approach to look at ransomware at the back end of things and say, oh, well, we can, you know, we can air gap the data and all the rest of it. But we need to be pushing further and further towards primary data because the, the less we can infect the primary data or the more we can make sure that data looks good from the primary side, the less risk there is then so that, that we'll lose something or that something will get corrupted that we can't get back. That's right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize is the complexity of the malware or the software itself that's impacting isn't the only thing that's continuing to evolve. It's also the complexity of the threat actors. Uh, you know, there are people out there that do what I refer to as cyber farming, where they'll inject malicious code and they'll just sort of set you off to let you gestate because they know you probably follow a 30, 60, 90 uh, recovery yeah. plan. And then they'll move over to the next company that they want to infect and they'll find their way in. 
wait till the hundredth day, come back to that first company, and they're going to be looking to launch then, knowing that any recovery operation that you do is going to be impacting the backup sets that you're going to recover from, not just the primary data. And so that's why I say that it's really incumbent upon vendors like IBM to think about the array and the array's responsibility at both the block and the file level to provide that early detection or that early defense and not just become sort of the, the last stop that you go to to do the recovery operations. What I like about what you've described so far is the fact that this is correlation and it's combination of data. So you're looking at network traffic, front-end traffic, back-end traffic. You know, you're collecting lots and lots of stuff that potentially could give you some idea about what's going on. And then if you've got AI models that can then look at that data and can highlight you know, things they've seen in it, especially if you can then learn from that over time. That's so right. that more and more over time you get more accurate and you, you, you build on that. This becomes a really powerful tool because it's actually not just one thing operating in isolation. It's all of those things coming together to give you a much stronger, enhanced picture of what might or might not be going on with your data. That's right. And, and to the extent that customers are willing to do so, imagine now being able to expand that to the broader flash system estate that's deployed globally in an anonymized fashion, of course. But if we see one attack vector that's going on in one particular vertical, wouldn't it be nice to be able to do anonymized alerting to the other organizations that yeah. we support? Absolutely. So I definitely think that there is an odd form of a of a mesh network or, you know, to some degree, some kind of intelligent network that winds up getting tracked and created uh, with the relationship of being able to understand what's happening, compare that using those trends that we had talked about, and then look at the broader impacts that potentially will occur within that industry and alert uh, in a proactive manner. So I, I hate to be negative to the storage industry, but there's a lot of stuff in storage that's been really done. Uh, there's, and, you know, the actual underlying physical infrastructure, the the creation of that, the optimization of cost, performance, all of the, a lot of those things are almost done deals, really, in some respects. But actually, I think customers need now to, to have things that actually relate to the data, not necessarily just to the infrastructure physically. So the more that you can have a solution that provides you that additional information, the better. So being in a position where you see customers' data from tens of thousands of customers, where you've got the ability to learn from the wisdom of the crowd, for want of a better expression, You've got real value add as right. a vendor that you can bring to the market in that scenario, which if you were deploying a small system or building your own or doing other things like that, you wouldn't really have that ability to see that. You wouldn't have that level of ability. So I, I still think there's significant value in large, um, properly built systems from vendors because you can add stuff to that to actually focus on the data, not just on the infrastructure. Yeah, itself. and I, I think that really accentuates the comment that you made uh, uh, me just a minute ago where... The idea of correlation doesn't have to be limited to the drive and the, and the controller that the drive works for. Correlation in mass or crowdsourcing uh, of, of potential threat activities, I think, has equal value as you think about the broader impacts of, of putting, you know, putting a handle on and controlling the, the proliferation of malware. Yeah. So what's the plan then? Are you pre you're presenting on this? And then will That's the, right. Will these, are these ideas at this stage? I mean, are they, these going to develop into ideas within the product? Uh, is there a time scale or is this really just trying to you know get the the audience of people that are potential customers interested in the concept of this right there was a lot of, uh, a lot of questions to unpack Huge so i'm going to be presenting yeah. on this on thursday of this week uh, you know right at the tail end of the conference itself uh, what i'm going to be talking about isn't necessarily tipping the hand on when these are going to become uh, become available but rather sharing with the rest of the community here 
things that I would like them to be thinking about. Yeah. Remember what I said, you know, we have a responsibility as a vendor. I think everyone at this event, um, from a vendor perspective, has a responsibility to be thinking like this. Our goal in the presentation is to talk about where we're seeing the market go when you think about computational storage applied to malware detection. And then some of the things that we ran into, like for example, a flash core module has no understanding whether or not a set of compressed writes coming in is a malware attack, or if it's just the host turning on host-based encryption and pushing data down. Yep. And so how do you deal with that? And so we want to share some of the early findings that we're seeing, the use of different kinds of entropy methods around reads, writes, delete activities, how we might be using Shannon entropy for information kind of analysis, chi-squared entropy for how we begin to think about signal propagation, things of that nature, right. and how we expose that from a block level perspective to identify those patterns that I'd mentioned before. Brilliant. Sounds like it's going to be really interesting. And if I get a chance, I should try and stop in and, and, uh, and watch you and heckle from the back. But for now, Scott, uh, thanks for the, um, you know, spending some time with me and really explaining that. And look forward to keeping up to date with this as it goes further on. Sounds good, Chris. It was really good to see you again, my friend. And it's been nice and quiet. Nice, quiet nice and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. You've been listening to Storage Unpacked. For show notes and more, subscribe at storageunpacked.com. Follow us on Twitter at Storage Unpacked or join our LinkedIn group by searching for Storage Unpacked Podcast. You can find us on all good podcatchers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.